we would like to begin today's episode by addressing something that was brought to our notice during the cyanide malika episode we use the word need to refer to malika and also the domestic worker who worked in the house where malika worked as a cook we've been informed that the word is oppressive we understand that the word maid carries with it colonial and casteist overtones sneha and i do not stand for or encourage anything oppressive casteist or derogatory to a person or a class of persons we stand corrected we are extremely sorry and a big thank you to everyone who has brought this to our notice Namaste namaskaram welcome to Khuni the crimes of India I am Sneha sitting in Hyderabad and today we have with us as usual Aditi from Lucknow say hi Aditi hey guys how are you doing how is quarantine life treating you Sneha <laughs> I've started doing my 17 year old sister's legal studies homework just to get some variety in my life don't even ask wow <laughs> and apart from that i am reaching new lows every day the other day i pretend man pretended that my laptop camera stopped working just so i didn't have to wash my hair before a zoom call and please please tell the audience <laughs> what brand of oil you've been using please navratan tel <laughs> yeah sneha is keeping cool in many ways anyway <laughs> anyway i am trying to be as funny as possible here because going ahead in today's episode i doubt i'll get many opportunities to even crack one joke now the story we decided to tell today was picked on purpose we had something else scheduled now in the past few days while every indian is struggling against covid-19 a sinister wave of islamophobia fueled by fake news and sustained by violent hindu extremism has swept the whole country and honestly covid-19 is just one of the many excuses hindu fundamentalists give for peddling their anti-muslim vitriol for the past few years the hate against muslims has reached an unprecedented height and with lethal consequences i mean some other excuses are beef babar babri etc etc list goes on and in times like these we thought it would be appropriate to talk about a time when a similar wave of hate that engulfed the whole country rooted in the same hindutva ideology targeted at a different minority but had the same lethal consequences as well this is the story of gram stains and his family Graham and Gladys Staines and their three children Esther, Philip and Timothy were a permanent fixture of the local community in the district of Mayurbhanj in Odisha. They were Christian missionaries from Australia who had made India their home. Graham had arrived in India in 1965 barely 24 years old to meet a pen friend from Odisha. Dude, how rich is this pen friend again? 
I don't know how much it cost <laughs> to write letters to Australia back then. Do we have any information about this guy or girl or whoever? The only thing I know is that his last name was uh, Satpati. Other than that, I don't have any details. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Graham had decided to stay and serve the local people in whatever way he could. Gladys, who arrived a few years later, too had service on her mind. They met each other in 1981 and married two years later in 1983. Oh, so cute. Also, I love Australians. Now, I think at this point, I should declare my love for that country <laughs> and all of its people. Okay, like I love all of them. They're so nice. They're so much fun. And I can go on and on. But we have limited time and this is a podcast episode. So I think I'm shutting up for now. Sneha has conveniently <laughs> skirted over her immense love for a certain <laughs> Brett Lee. And for a long time, and this includes oh her time in college, God. Sneha's Gmail ID was Sneha Lee. I, I imagine in the hopes of someday marrying Brett Lee. Anyway, let's move on. The color on their skin may have made them stand apart from the Odias they lived amongst. But other than that, they blended seamlessly with the culture of their adopted home. We've posted some photographs of the family on our socials and you can actually see Gladys in a sari or a suit, completely Indianized. Graham Steens was fluent in Odia, the state language of Odisha, and Santhali and Ho, the languages of the local tribes he lived with. He also translated the Bible into Ho for the benefit of the tribe. Fondly called Saibo, there is no doubt that he was adored by the locals in Mayurbhanj, especially in the area of Baripada, where they resided and worked. In 1999, Graham Staines had been managing the Mayurbhanj leprosy home at Baripada for almost 35 years as its honorary superintendent. Today, the home has a capacity of about 100 and over the years has treated almost 50,000 leprosy patients, not just from Odisha, but also the neighbouring states of Jharkhand and West Bengal. India has a very complicated relationship with leprosy. In 2005, India declared itself leprosy-free. But later, it appeared that the disease was not eliminated, but was hidden from the authorities. Imagine that. And the reason that it, it, this happened was because the taboo associated with the disease was very strong. And in the past... The causes and transmission of the disease were not understood properly, leading people to believe it was highly contagious. It's not. And permanent. Without early intervention, it can cause severe disfigurement and disability, which leads to stigma. In a country where disability support is already abysmal, there is no support to those suffering from this disease, and they were left with no option but to beg on the streets. Graham Steins treated the inmates at the home with respect and dignity. To this day, former inmates remember, with tears in their eyes, his kind and gentle nature. And his wife was no different. In the year 1998, a devastating fire in Baripada had left at least 100 dead and scores horribly burned. And when the local hospitals failed to cope, Gladys, a trained nurse, had stepped up and spent nights nursing the injured. It is important to know the socio-economic conditions in Mayurbhanj to truly understand the gravity of the Stains' work. The district lacks the most basic facilities like roads, drinking water and healthcare even today. 
During the monsoons, the lack of pakka roads hampers the traffic from villages to the cities where the hospitals are, creating difficulties in case of emergencies. And in many areas, the only sources of water are contaminated, hence unfit for consumption. Several villages in the district even lack schools. In Baripada, where the Stains lived, the only new development since his death has been the construction of a road. People live in acute poverty, depending mainly on agriculture and forest produce for a living. And situation was pretty much the same in 1999. So evidently, Gram Stains was providing valuable service to the locals and they adored him for it. But not everyone shared this sentiment and they were about to make their resentment known very soon. On January 22, 1999, Graham Staines and his two sons, Timothy, about nine, and Philip, about seven, were attending a, quote, jungle camp. And remember this term because we will discuss it a bit later. On the intervening night of 22nd and 23rd, because it was late and extremely cold, the trio decided to spend the night in their station wagon in a small village of Manoharpur, not far from Baripada. They had parked it right outside the local church. At about midnight, a mob of about 50 men descended upon them. According to Ralia Soren, who would later become the prime witness for the prosecution, the mob was heavily armed with lathis, guns, stones, torches, and a bhujali, which is a sort of local knife. He recounted trying to save the family, but he and many others like him were pelted with stones and threatened by the crowd. The station wagon had been parked in front of Bikram Marandi's house, who recalls with tears in his eyes. Our rooms were locked from the outside and I could not save him. I don't know how it happened. We don't know the people who did this. I can never forget that night in my life. They could hear the two Stains boys crying out in fear. Can you imagine being a child in this situation? The panic and fear. I mean, I don't even understand. You don't even understand why this is happening to you. Just imagining it scares me to death. I mean, for real, I was writing it out. I had to stop. I mean, this is the stuff of nightmares. When Steens and his sons tried to get out of the car, they were barricaded in by the mob. They were trapped in. There was nowhere to go. And then the truly unimaginable, horrid stuff happened. Yes, the gang set fire to the Stains station wagon. No one could do anything about it and it raged on into the night. At about 3am, as the fire was doused, everything was gone. Graham Stains and his two kids had been burnt alive inside. It was heartbreaking to see. Their blackened bodies, burnt completely, were still holding on to each other. They had died trying to protect each other in whatever way they could. Just like that, Gladys Staines had been widowed. Her sole remaining daughter rendered fatherless and two of their three children were gone. Seven and nine. What kind of a monster do you have to be to prey on children that young or to prey on or to burn anyone like that? How depraved is your soul? This act of savagery was reported all over the world. In every way, surely this was the lowest of low, right? 
everyone was looking for the beast that could do this to another human being people knew there was a mob but who was the ringleader the answer had presented itself during the ghastly act almost everyone who witnessed the massacre had heard the chants jai bajrangbali victory to bajrangbali dara singh zindabad long live dara singh dara singh was in his real name he was born ravinder kumar pal i can totally see why he changed it ravinder sounds like the name of a clerk in bank of india who wears a who wears mismatched tie and pants and has to pay 20000 rupees emi every month for an apartment i don't know about bank clerk but he was a hindi teacher back home in itawa in the state of uttar pradesh far far away from rural odisha where he committed this ghastly crime after graduating in uttar pradesh and working for a while as a teacher he migrated to delhi in in search of a job he worked at a grocery store and later at a shoe store and it was at this shoe store that he met the man who would bring him to odisha deepu das who employed him at his father's grocery store back home he settled in an area of mayurbhanj which was a hindu fundamentalist stronghold and while there accumulated a rap sheet very typical of a sanghi goon he was involved in 10 criminal cases and one non fir under section 110 of code of criminal procedure this is for habitual offenders only 10 guess everyone starts at the bottom yeah but even at 10 this rap sheet was impressive in about 7 of these cases dara singh had been part of groups that would stop trucks transporting cattle attack them with sticks axes knives vandalize the truck assault the driver steal the cattle and sometimes even money from them and run away needless to say the victims were either tribal or muslim in fact in one of these raids a trucker's assistant sheikh imam was beaten to death however dara singh escaped conviction due to lack of evidence and hostile witnesses and he did not limit himself to just muslim cattle traders like a true sanghi go getter he also attacked muslim garment traders looted their money vandalized their shops or gutted them by arson oh my god imagine if he had a twitter account at the rate jay shri ram for eva yeah with an a in the end got it <laughs> okay <laughs> Him and his followers put up posters which warned, "Quote: Muslims don't come here; otherwise, we will cut you into pieces." Unquote. Or like he would say on Twitter, hashtag beef eating is for losers. Hashtag Satvik life forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> All of this was done in the name of protecting Hindu culture. Cows, the whole laundry list. I mean, I wonder what happens to all the cows that are stolen. If any sanghi is listening, first of all, why? But secondly, where do all the stolen cows go? Are you all doing something weird <laughs> with the cows? We are curious. Please let us know in the comments. At Jai Shri Ram forever says, all cows safe and happy. Go Mata giving urine, and we are <laughs> saving it all for anti-corona Go Mutra party. <laughs> Cow is India. India is great. So protect cow means India protected. Hashtag #holy cow <laughs> okay <laughs> so the incident was politicized very quickly obviously at the time bjp led national democratic alliance was in power at the center but odisha assembly was led by jb patnaik of the congress party 
both the parties had condemned the incident but also immediately blamed each other atal bihari vajpayee even went on a fast for communal harmony ala gandhi he dispatched a three member team led by george fernandes a cabinet minister and later an inquiry led by a sitting judge of the supreme court justice vadwa this was done mainly in response to allegations that dara singh had links with bajrangal rss and even bjp both fernandes and vadwa commission gave a clean chit to these organizations but here's the kicker vadwa commission made a note of singh's association with bajrangal and bjp many witnesses had ter- testified so including the local police in their intelligence reports though the head of the bajrangal at that time pratap sarangi had denied any association and insisted that uh, dara singh was a zealot who acted alone meanwhile dara singh had fled and was on the run from the police after the stains murder and he would remain at large for almost a year during this time as a fugitive the public would discover exactly why dara singh had become such a brazen monster according to the police he had acquired something of a cult following all kinds of fantastical legends grew around him some tribals said that he was a master of disguise others said he would he could become invisible what okay he hated muslims for their beef eating ways which endured him to the mahato com- com- community which revered the cow again hashtag #gomutra party alert now and he had hated the christians because he believed that they were inducing tribals to convert to christianity there were reports of tensions with the within the tribal community itself and between the converts and non converts and dara seems to have exploited this completely the police allege that while in the, on the run he was supported by many locals because of which he managed to evade them for a very long time however the tribals tell a different story they claim that they had been simply too scared to say anything because dara singh had powerful supporters it's not hard to infer that support probably came from bajrangdal and its associate bjp which was the ruling party despite their strong denials the best example of this hubris perhaps is a 3 minute interview he gave to a journalist binoy bhushan patak while still on the run which was aired on 29th march 1999 barely 2 months after the murders we tried to look for the interview but we couldn't find it but the transcript is available widely and is included in the vadva commission report in his interview dara singh denies not just his involvement in the murders but also with the bajrangdal rss or bjp when asked why he is on the run if he is innocent he claims that the present circumstances were bad cbi was investigating and vadva commission would give its report and then it will be made known and he said quote if i am involved my name would definitely be there this will be known later unquote in the interview he is confident that his name will be cleared in many ways dara singh behaves like a classic sociopath he doesn't feel empathy or remorse for his actions he is arrogant callous and disrespectful he lies and deceives and most importantly he has no regard whatsoever for the rights of others if you think giving an interview as a fugitive is arrogance wait till you hear what comes next on the 26th of august 
villagers in Padia Beda were busy celebrating Raksha Bandhan. The village market was bustling with people. All of a sudden, a mob basically invaded the area and singled out a garment shop owner, Sheikh Rahman. Rahman was axed to death. In a final act of indignity, his hands were hacked off, his body was burned along with his shop. If this seems like an unnecessary overkill, it probably was. It may have been a message to other Muslims, or it could have been done to deny Rahman a proper funeral and his family their last chance to grieve. Or, chillingly, it may have been a final violation of Sheikh Rahman's Muslim faith. Hindus are cremated, but Muslims are buried. So burning Rahman's body is part of his MO, his modus operandi. This is his revenge on behalf of other Hindus. The stains were most probably burnt alive for the same reason. Dara Singh would commit his final murder in September 1999. Jammu Bhoni is a small tribal hamlet somewhere in the beautiful Sindhipal Hills. It can only be reached after navigating an extremely choppy Salindi River followed by a tiring five-hour trek. Father Arul Das, a Tamilian Catholic priest, had made this remote, underdeveloped village his home. He was known for his loving nature among his flock and for his paracetamol and anti-malarial tablets, which he gave to the villagers, prodding them to rely on medical science instead of ritual sacrifices and superstition to deal with illnesses. Despite the murder of Graham Staines, he firmly believed in non-violence. His beliefs, it turns out, were severely misplaced. On September 1st, he was asleep in the makeshift church in Jammu Bhoni. Dara Singh and his hordes lay siege to the church at night and set it on fire. As the poor priest tried to run for his life, an arrow pierced his chest. He ran a few more steps but ultimately fell, bleeding profusely and died on the spot. It would take two days for his body to be discovered and for his burial to take place. Father Arul Das had succumbed to wild bigotry and died in pain and fear, far, far away from home. Odisha police had launched a massive manhunt to catch Dara Singh. At least 11 platoons of, of a special task force of the state police had constantly so- scoured some of the toughest jungle terrains in his pursuit over a whole year. For a long time, the police were at a disadvantage because unlike them, Dara Singh knew the terrain intimately and whether out of fear or out of solidarity, many tribals were aiding him. He was also not alone. All of his attacks had been carried out by a large mob of followers. But steadily and in the face of a lot of criticism, Odisha police inched closer to him. They caught many of his associates, bribed them with jobs and money so they would talk. The police also received reinforcements like night vision goggles, sniffer dogs and additional manpower. There was a total of 8 lakh bounty on his head, a substantial sum. Raids would begin in the morning and end well into the night. Through his arrested friends, they came to know that Dara was becoming very fond of alcohol, that he was getting sick, starting to trust less and less people and the most encouraging news of all, he was getting desperate. So, the police launched Operation Confinement. 
the idea was to confine him and cut off his escape routes in the thick jungles of mayurbhanj kionjar region multiple raids were carried out to draw him out on december 9th the police even came face to face with him in atari forest but once again he managed to escape however the good news was that this time his options were limited with heavy police presence everywhere he was forced into relatively thinner forests the police also caught a lucky break when one of his former gang members turned police informant now a sting operation was set up police officer would pose as a gun seller since dara was looking for a gun to protect himself the police officer met up with dara and the last of his gang members while the rest of the police force waited for a signal dara was found drunk and sleeping in a clearing in the jungle the officer immediately gave the signal and before he knew what was happening the infamous dara singh and his remaining gang members were finally in police custody on the night of january 31st 2000 almost a year after the murder of gram stains and his two boys while all this was happening the vadwa commission set up by the central government held him responsible for the stains murders and recognized his links with the hindu fundamentalist organizations vadwa commission also blamed the state government for failing to arrest dara singh for all his activities before the stains murder and it's hard to argue with that had he been put behind bars then five people would still be alive however the commission unbelievably gave a clean chit to all these hindu fundamentalist organizations themselves it seems no evidence was placed on record to suggest the involvement of bajrang dal the home minister lk adwani said on national television about the possible role of bajrang dal in the whole incident quote no i have known these organizations and i do not believe they have criminal links unquote the prime minister atal bihari bajpayee maintained silence on the matter so this is the same lk adwani who held a nation wide rath yatra right the same rath yatra which ultimately led to the babri masjid demolition then riots where tens of thousands of muslims lost their lives that lk adwani uh okay moving on <laughs> that is hard to digest this was severely criticized by all right minded citizens christian organizations and this national commission for minorities which was a statutory independent body set up to protect the rights of religious minorities in india even if one actually believes this it is only by a razor thin technicality from the days of the original sin in india the murder of gandhi by nathuram godse rss has had a habit of denying ties with people who kill in their name so as far as i'm concerned bajrang dal and even bjp were simply carrying on this age old tradition also okay even if this wasn't done at the direct behest of these organizations no one can deny their indoctrination was the direct reason behind these killings the misguided version of hinduism and bhartiya sanskriti which makes the non hindu the enemy of the people is what dara singh wanted to protect there cannot be any doubt where this belief came from many people especially in bjp tried to paint these killings as the actions of a lone wolf but if you look at the broader picture from those times the pattern of an organized anti christian violence is hard to miss after the stains murder lk adwani in response to a question 
said on record in the parliament that a total of 116 incidents of attacks on Christians across the country between January 1998 and February 1999 had taken place. This was more than the number from 1965 to 1998, just 38. The National Commission on Minorities had raised alarm in 98 itself after examining the rise in anti-Christian violence all over the country, particularly in Gujarat, Madhya Pradesh and Odisha. And this is what the commission had to say for BJP then. The BJP talks of distancing itself from guilty bodies, but no action is taken in that direction. These are the very bodies that help them come into power. How can they disassociate themselves from them? This is what they said they would do before coming into power. Now they say they are secular, but they cannot stop state governments. In Madhya Pradesh, Orissa and Gujarat, even criminals are becoming communally selective thanks to the policies of the central government. There is a nexus between criminality and communalism. And the credit goes exclusively to the policies of the BJP. Someone has to take responsibility. Communalization of politics is not new. Communalization of crimes is a new phenomenon. Sounds familiar? We see this pattern being repeated in today's extremely charged Islamophobic atmosphere in this country, with selective targeting of Muslims, not just by the state machinery, but also by civilians, who later face almost no consequences for their actions. The National Commission of Minorities had also pointed to the role of fake news in Stains killings. Many rumours were circulating that Graham Stains was actively proselytizing and converting tribals to Christianity. This was deeply resented by those who opposed conversions. If you remember, we said earlier that on the night of his murder, Stains had attended a jungle camp. Everybody thought that this was where mass conversions were taking place. But according to Reverend Pradeep Kumar Das of the Orisha Church of God Association, Jungle camps are one big step towards development, including emotional upliftment. Our commandment lays it down for us to preach the Bible and we preach it. Stains had organized and attended several such camps over the years. Besides religion and spirituality, other important topics like public hygiene and community development were also discussed in these camps. Facts don't really support the mass conversion rumors at all. Firstly, Stains was not a minister. So, he couldn't baptize anyone. Gladys had said in her statement to the Vadva Commission that Graham never forced anyone to convert. Secondly, the last conversion before his murder had taken place almost a year ago. And thirdly, Christians account for less than 3% of the population in India. So, even if some people converted at all, it wasn't exactly the existential threat to Hinduism Dara Singh made it out to be. As far as preaching the Bible is concerned, the right to freely practice and propagate religion is a fundamental right in India, not the human right violation Sanghis pretended to be. Also, with all the Gharvapsi drama, what right do Sanghis have to question this of any other religion? Personally, I don't like proselytization, mostly because A, I hate being told what to do, and even more, <laughs> I don't like it when people question my lifestyle. I mean, it takes a lot of arrogance to claim that your religion holds all the answers. And in Hinduism, the whole concept of ghar vapsi or even the so-called shuddhi movement of the 19th century has always been a load of shit to me. Yeah, I mean, it reeks of proselytization. So don't listen to anyone who says your religion sucks. Tell them to fuck off. 
unless of course you belong to some sexually perverted murderous <laughs> cult with misguided ideas about world domination or incest like children of god or the rajneeshis or om shanti <laughs> then listen to them okay and haul ass immediately coming back to our story the issue of conversions came up even during the supreme court proceedings where the court commuted dara singh's death sentence to life imprisonment by saying that he was somehow justified in his actions because gram stains had been converting tribals obviously there was a backlash and the court had to do something it doesn't do very often it had to expunge the problematic opinion in the judgment the life sentence stood though but again the very fact that the judges even implied this in the first place gives us an idea of how pervasive this religious bias was and continues to be today the president of india at the time shri k r narayanan described the stains murder as quote a monumental aberration of time tested tolerance and harmony the killings belong to the world's inventory of black deeds unquote gladys stains was more charitable she wore no ill will towards the indian people she even forgave dara singh hoping that he would find peace in his heart and that with this the cycle of communal violence would stop she continued to stay in india even after the death of her husband and children and continued his work she later went on to establish a hospital in the name of gram stains eventually she left india when her daughter esther finished her schooling and went back home in australia she got recertified as a nurse and continued her work there today she leads a peaceful life tending to her grandchildren the country she left behind though has not known any peace since and that is the story of graham stains this was particularly tough to talk about but we live in extraordinary times if ever there was a time to discard petty communalism and come together as one it would be during a deadly pandemic so we told this story as a timely reminder that divisive voices need to be countered no matter how exhausting it gets on that note we take your leave and wish you the strength to brave the quarantine as usual you can see our socials we'll put up photos about this case and let us know what you think and have a good week see you monday bye